Welcome to Life Skills 101, Skills for a Digital Age, sponsored by the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network and True North Homeschool Academy. True North offers live online classes, clubs, ebooks, and more. From special needs to parent classes, True North builds a community through digital format in an age of loneliness and desolation. Our host, Lisa Nearing, is a homeschooler with five kids who was homeschooled with her husband, Dr. David Nearing, for 27 years. They are committed to equipping fellow homeschoolers and Christians with the tools they need to navigate a complex world in need of a savior. Now, without further ado, Lisa Nearing. Hey, everybody. This is Lisa Nearing with True North Homeschool Academy. I'm really glad to be back here with you again. I want to talk about a topic that is on a lot of parents' hearts and minds as our kids get older, um, go through high school, and they're ready to launch, and that is college. But I want to take a minute and pause and just encourage you to rethink college. For this reason, I've got a couple of reasons for you. The pandemic changed a lot of things. Some schools, some colleges and universities um, declared bankruptcy. Other colleges and universities are struggling. And with that struggle comes a lot of flux. I'd really encourage everybody to read College Unbound. It's a very great look at it. And of course, that was pre-pandemic when it was written. But there's a lot of good information in there about the state of colleges. And of course, the pandemic just heated all those issues up for better or worse. Um, some colleges got more strong, many got weaker. Also want to just talk about the State of the Union. <laughs> Not too much though, but a little bit. Um, I was talking to a relative this last weekend about college and both of his kids went to the top rated public business school in America. They both said they learned very little post high school. They both left the business program really pro-socialistic. They are now embracing a pro-choice stance. And for the time and money involved, their conservative Christian pro-life parents are really disappointed with the values, education, and overall return on their investment. From where I sit right now, researching American education and what's going on, I really believe that the college experience, both educational and social, is mostly a thing of the past. The college experience that I had in the 80s is not happening much anymore. Colleges and universities are merely bastions of social reform, and the academy is no longer really interested in education, which would include skill building, synergy, networking, community, stewarding Christian culture, and really the great conversation. College might still be necessary for certain careers or fields, but it's no longer mandatory for vocational success or really as a necessary rite of passage for upward mobility like it was 20 or 30 years ago. However, for most of us homeschoolers, college seems like a reasonable goal. As homeschoolers, college acceptance, it it absolutely validates the time and effort that we've invested in our kids. And it's really a logical next step for our kids. It's a nice negotiable middle ground between childhood and adulthood, where we still have some influx and influence and play with our kids before they launch into full-blown adulthood. But that leads us to some hard thinking as well as questioning. Is a traditional four-year college route with debt really a smart way to go? And as parents, how do we proceed in guiding and directing our young adults in a way that will position them really well with as little debt as possible, give them ever-increasing responsibility and autonomy, and utilize their talents? Well, I believe that going through college, if your student needs that documentation for entering like a Big Ten company, graduate school, et cetera, to be done as efficiently as possible. In other words, get college credits quickly and as inexpensively as you know how to do it. Work towards a degree program with clarity and focus. Currently, it takes most students to graduate 
if they graduate in six years instead of four with on average 30 to $37,000 in debt. That's a lot of debt for a 25 or 26 year old. Imagine if they find somebody in college that they want to marry, they now have $72,000 in debt. It's a crazy amount of debt for young adults. They should work towards a degree program again with clarity and focus. So that means if you're sending students to college without a clear vocational um, idea of what they want to do when they get out and their degree is not focused on that, they're going to probably take longer to get the degree if they graduate at all. And they're going to rack up debt for every year that they stay in or really even every semester that they stay in. For kids who are still preparing vocationally to launch, I would definitely get general ed courses out of the way before hitting a full year college program. And you can get college credits through dual enrollment or CLEP, as well as advanced placement, but we're going to set that aside for a different conversation. I just want to focus today on dual enrollment and CLEPing, college level exam placement tests, or a combination of both dual enrollment and CLEP. Now, some states like Ohio and Florida, they allow you to take dual enrollment classes while you're still enrolled in high school and the state will pay for it. Other states like South Dakota, you have to pay for the college credits, but they're less expensive. So in South Dakota, for instance, we pay like $54 for a college credit as a dual enrollment credit versus like 150. So it is quite, quite a good savings to do dual enrollment. I would encourage you, if you're going to do dual enrollment or CLEP, to focus on general education requirements. Almost all bachelor's degrees require gen eds for either a bachelor of science or a bachelor of art. Now, keep in mind, most college courses count for three credits, and 30 credits would be roughly equivalent to one year of college. General education courses, I'm going to give you a breakdown of a full year of gen ed courses that most Bachelor of Science and Bachelor of Arts programs will require. They're gonna require six credits of English, good dual enrollment or CLEP courses to take would be Composition One and Composition Two. They're gonna require three to six credits of math and I would focus on college algebra, geometry, et cetera, or accounting one or two. They're gonna require three to nine credits of science. You can do environmental science, biology, chemistry, there's a whole list of science if you go look at the collegeboard.org and you, you can look at the CLEP test there. They're going to require three to six credits of social sciences. Social sciences are classes such as psychology, sociology, government, economics, and history. And they're going to probably require three to six credits of diversity, such as religion, world religion, women's studies, etc. Now, I wouldn't just go in cold to take a CLEP exam. I would encourage you to do the test, the CLEP test. Um, it's a free practice test online if there's a certain CLEP class that you want to take. And if you score 50 or above, it's not based on percentage, I would encourage you to go take the CLEP test. And if you pass, your college or university will probably grant you credit. Now, it's not a guarantee that they will. You might, um, they might take the credit, but not the actual class. And so in that case, you're going to have to take another class anyway. A lot of colleges and universities actually post on their website or in their catalog what CLEPs they will take, what dual enrollment credits they will take. So if you are not sure if your college or university, um, the college or university of your choice, or really what I want to say is, if you're not sure if the college or university of your within your financial reach will take your CLEP credits or your dual enrollment credits, first of all, check the website. 
and then go talk to the admissions department. But if you can't find it in print anywhere, it is not binding. So if an admissions counselor tells you for sure that they'll take dual enrollment or club credits, have them write it on the school letterhead and sign it. That will be a binding agreement that you have with them. Okay, so I also want to let you know, you can earn an associate's degree from one of the big three. These are the big three in the club um, dual enrollment world. These three colleges are Thomas Edison, Excelsior, or Charter Oaks. You can actually get an associate's degree and even a bachelor's degree from these three schools. They're accredited. And then if you get an associate's degree, which is your first two years of college, that will go towards a bachelor's degree. You can pay for this all with dual enrollment and clepping. Then you can transfer your accredited associate's degree to the college or university of your choice. And in that way, only pay for two of the more expensive college or universities years. Does that make sense? Um, you can jump in as an upperclassman, you can finish faster, and you cannot spend quite as much money. Why do I keep talking about this? Well, my alma mater is a small Christian school in Indiana. My husband and I went um, in the 80s, and it was about, I don't know, $6,000 a year. It's now over 40. And so it's too expensive for my own kids to go to my alma mater. Even with the, the biggest scholarships that they give, it still leaves eighteen dollars to $20,000, not counting room and board. So now we're up to $25,000 a year for a small private Christian college. State schools run about the same amount of money. We live in a state with some of the least expensive state schools in the country, and it's still $18,500. Well, times four, you're up to $72,000. Even if you get 50% paid in scholarships, that's $36,000 your students will have in debt. That is crazy debt for a 20-year-old. So my goal in, in doing this podcast in an article I wrote is to help you guys rethink college so that you can get through, get the degree if you actually need it with as least amount of outlay money as possible. Furthermore, I'm really encouraging every young person I know to learn how to navigate the online world with at least some understanding of what it means to be an entrepreneur. I really encourage uh, you and your kids to develop an online business. That's even better to understand the online world. And if you can offer an educational online program, better still. Alternative education is booming and will continue to do so. The pandemic blew it up, okay? Online education was a $1 billion business in 2010. Pre-pandemic, it was expected to be a $2.1 billion business in 2020. And it is now expected and projected to be a $357 to $435 billion business by 2023 to 2025. Did you hear me? Between 435 billion, there's room for everybody in the online space to make money and to gain business acumen and to start a business. Learning to sell online can only position your young person well. You certainly don't need a degree to learn online sales and marketing. It's not easy money. You still have to work. It's still a job, but it's wide open space. It's like the new frontier right now. Now, for those of you who are still eager to attend college, and I'm not saying don't attend college. I have graduate degrees, as does my husband. I love learning. I want my kids to be lifelong learners. But I'm just asking you to really think through the return on your investment for college. And I would really suggest that you create an Annie chart or some other kind of compare and contrast chart to really evaluate the return of investment on projected schools, degrees, and job prospects that your young people are considering. 
So I know several people who owe $100,000 in debt for English degrees. I don't know where they're going to work as an English teacher or editor, making the kind of money that it will require to pay that kind of debt down uh, before, before they're old. I mean, let's just be honest. That's a lot of money for a young person to carry. It's going to put off them getting married, having kids, buying a house, all the things that go along with young adulthood. So I'm just saying, sit down with your young person and really do a cost benefit analysis of college and university and how to, how to rethink it, how to, how to get through a degree program if you need to, without that kind of massive debt, that's going to weigh them down and change their lives in not positive ways. Um, an anti chart is an affirmative, negative, and interesting chart where you just write down all the affirmative things, all the negative things, and all the interesting things. It's from Lost Tools of Writing. It's a fantastic tool. You can just make a, a basic pro con chart, whatever. Um, but don't just look at projected schools, look at degrees and job prospects. Um, young graduates right now are competing with all the people who got laid off during the pandemic, and those people have experience and degrees already. So if they're going into serious debt for a degree where they are going to compete with older, more experienced workers, it might not be worth the debt right now. The return on the investment that you look at should be evaluated from a monetary, lifestyle, and values point of view. Sending kids to college who aren't clear about what they'll be studying or their vocational plans will ultimately lead to more debt because they're going to change their majors, they're going to leave school with no clear job prospects, or really even a plan to pay back the debt. Well, like I've said before, the majority of college graduates, those who do graduate, and there are so many that don't, leave college with an average of $37,000 in debt, graduating in six years instead of four. So once you've determined if higher education is worth the investment, determine a strategy. And there are some interesting scholarship opportunities that you might not have thought of, like the military. Um, you get leadership and vocational training along with a regular paycheck. There's a critical languages scholarships. There's community service scholarships. Of course, NCAA provides a lot of sports scholarships. All of these things provide excellent opportunities, but they also take years of lead up time, parental time and money and political astuteness, especially now as we are navigating transgendered athletes. So I've linked these things in the show notes. Uh, go take a look at some of the articles that I posted about these kind of scholarship opportunities and see if any of them would apply to you. I also want to encourage you to be intentional about helping your kids develop their sense of otherliness. And that means just help them develop skills so that they stand out and they're unique. For instance, maybe they travel extensively for, for a, a ministry or they've earned or raised a lot of money for a cause. They've developed a new breed of, of tomato, or they've built a plane and gotten a pilot's license. Perhaps they've worked with missions extensively or learned multiple languages. All of those things can help them gain scholarship dollars. But I really want you all to think about right now is that it really is a whole new world to navigate for young adults. And it's really worth spending time thinking through alternatives. Spend time with your young adult thinking through alternatives to college and university before they even go into one semester's worth of debt. I really want to encourage you to take a career exploration course. We offer one at True North Homeschool Academy called Orienteering, and it can literally save your student um, a lot of hours and thousands of dollars because they're going to develop a really clear plan or at least a general plan. We also offer courses like entrepreneurship, Photoshop, photography, video editing, because we're really committed to giving students real world marketable skills. Students can take those skills and earn money with them 
as they're in high school. And so we want to make sure that they have skills that they can earn money with. They're entering into a gig economy, as I've talked about so many times before. Um, but it's really not too early to begin researching college costs, how your kids are going to support themselves through college, and talk about the lifestyle that they hope to live post-college. Because if they think they're going to go get an English degree with $100,000 in debt and go buy a $350,000 house, it's probably not realistic. Strategize with them the best way to make the lifestyle that they're hopeful for and prayerfully considering a possibility and an opportunity for them. And then don't overlook the importance of a solid junior and senior high school academic program, complete with rubrics, gamification, because it's going to be used more widely over time, and grading. Your young adults are going to live and work in a world where they really need to be able to think and adapt quickly and collaboratively. They need a solid academic foundation laid for them so that they have critical thinking skills. Um, and so the best preparation for the world that your kids will live in is a solid academic program. If you're not sure how to create that for them, um, we do offer free workshops all the time. We have a, an ebook called Survive Homeschool High School with a ton of um, charts in it and a, a lot of information. And then you can always check out our academic advising programs at True North, and we will help you create a plan of study that is doable and affordable for you and your family that makes sense for the person that you're actually getting through high school. Okay, so we also have a young professional series for practical hands-on advice and actionable steps. I'll put those in the show notes too. There are a series of eBooks. If you have a kid who wants to go into be um, becoming a lawyer, a mental health professional, health occupations professional, etc. Um, so I hope this was helpful to you. I really want to encourage all the moms and dads out there with um, even junior high school age kids, really start thinking about college now and university now. Research your top choices, look at the costs, look at the benefits of going not just from a financial point of view, but from a social and political point of view, because there's a lot of social reformation going on in the academy right now. And so that's something that you're going to want to consider as well. Um, please feel free to reach out to me at truenorthhomeschoolacademy.com. Our um, email and information is on the website there. You can always join us over at True North Homeschool Academy Facebook page and our True North Homeschool Tribe Facebook group. This is Lisa Nearing again. Thanks for joining me. For this episode of Life Skills 101, Life Skills for a Digital Age. Thanks so much. We're so honored that you're listening and that you share this podcast, Life Skills 101, with your friends and family. Every time you share the show and post about it, it really makes our day. Make sure you subscribe and download this podcast so that you never miss an episode. You can subscribe so that you get alerted to each and every show. Leave a review for this podcast, Life Skills 101, Life Skills for a Digital Age, we're so honored that you're listening. Until next time, this is Lisa Nearing from True North Homeschool Academy. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs>